the Public News Service Daily Newscast for June the 14th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. The Infrastructure Act is providing $1.2 trillion for improvement projects across water, energy, building, and transportation sectors. A new report takes a look at how officials can use funds to address environmental justice. Authored by the National Wildlife Federation, the report provides a framework for frontline and fenceline communities experiencing environmental justice issues such as frequent flooding to finance solutions through infrastructure dollars. The Federation's Tatiana Eve says the Infrastructure Act is an opportunity for decision makers. We must always let community leaders speak for themselves and trust them as the experts of their own lived experience. And for us to listen, as many communities already know what the solutions are, they just need the resources to bring them into reality. This November, New Yorkers will vote on a ballot measure for approval of the $4.2 billion Clean Water, Clean Air, and Green Jobs Environmental Bond Act. The bond would leverage federal infrastructure dollars to support land conservation, environmental justice, and water quality improvement. I'm Emily Scott. A leading LGBTQ organization in Iowa says community members won't back down after authorities in Idaho blocked a riot planned for a Pride event. 31 members of a white nationalist group were arrested Saturday after law enforcement officials got word of their plans. Keenan Crow of the group One Iowa Action says it follows more heated rhetoric in the past year amid a push by some conservatives to adopt policies deemed hostile toward those who identify as LGBTQ. They feel politicians on the right are fostering a more toxic environment. Painting the LGBTQ community with this kind of defamatory brush, it's not a surprise that folks would then gear up and try to disrupt an event in this way. McCrow says LGBTQ folks are used to hostilities and won't be intimidated from celebrating their sexual identity during Pride festivals in Iowa and elsewhere. This spring, a school district in Illinois issued a diversity audit. It found racial and anti-LGBTQ slurs were a pressing concern. Now from across the pond, our friends at the BBC had this take. Testimony from Bill Barr, played at the January 6th Capitol riot inquiry, revealed deep divisions at the Trump campaign. Bill Stepien, his former campaign manager, did not appear because his wife had gone into labor, but his previous private testimony was displayed by the committee. A faction of the campaign he dubbed Team Normal told the former president he had lost the election. This is PNS. As redistricting processes wrap up across the country, faith groups in North Carolina are working to raise awareness and educate residents on issues related to election integrity. Executive Director of the North Carolina Council of Churches, Jennifer Copeland, explains that many residents are unclear or unaware of how district map drawing and gerrymandering impact their local school board, city council, and other community issues. What you have to do as a voter, is understand how redistricting is going to affect your ability to elect anybody that reflects your values. According to data released earlier this month by the Pew Research Center, public trust in government remains low. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. Colorado's community health centers are joining a national effort, pushing back against Big Pharma's recent moves that make it harder to provide discounted medicines to people living in severe 
poverty. Pueblo Community Health Center CEO Don Moore says a federal program known as 340B has helped more of Pueblo's Latino community who experience much higher rates of chronic disease and more barriers to accessing primary health care. We're totally fulfilling the purpose of the legislation, which is to stretch our public funding as far as it can go to reach the people most in need, which in our case includes minority populations. Over the past two years, drug producers and third-party prescription drug benefit managers have been throwing up barriers to the 340B program, according to a new report calling on Congress to add new protections. The industry has claimed that discounted medicines are being diverted to patients not eligible under 340B or that savings aren't being used to expand access. I'm Eric Galatis. Finally, Ross Brown reports minors who need help paying for specialized medicine or access to federal benefits for black lung disease are getting assistance from an innovative program. It's called telementoring through the University of New Mexico. Professor Akshay Sood leads the ECHO Project, or Extension for Community Healthcare Outcomes. When he moved to the state, Sood says he was overwhelmed by the number of former uranium miners who were suffering from radiation exposure and couldn't find a single physician who would accept their federal benefits card. He says many are poor and can't navigate the complex system because they began working in the mines before finishing high school. 70% of our miners are minority miners, Hispanics, and American Indian. And there are very few people who want to deal with the compensation system. So physicians stay away from helping out minors with compensation system issues. Sood says ECHO is different from traditional telemedicine. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member and listener supported. Heard on interesting radio stations. Your favorite podcast platform. And find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.